enjoy this flyover clip. Today on the Flyover Conservative Podcast, it is a, a true honor. Uh, sometimes you're, you're, you're even kept up the night before when you're when you're nervous. When you're nervous, when you're when you're speaking with a Dr. Peter McCullough yep. or, or somebody that is, is General Michael Flynn is, is recognizably smarter than you. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, and today is is that case. We have a legal analyst and uh, a, a former judge and um, one of the brightest minds in our country, Judge Napolitano. Where are those people? Oh, we keep, we keep them to the Pleasure. side at bay. Thank you for your generous. Thank you for your generous introduction. Uh, Absolutely, it, it, it is. It's it's you know we've 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 watched you for years and you you've you've wrestled uh, with some of the biggest topics that people mm-hmm. are are still wrestling with today. Some of these ideas of of free speech and where's our country going in a rapidly changing environment of media and social media and and yep. um, uh, things that were were written years ago. Uh, in our constitution and, and, and documents, you find their application and, and, and wrestle with how are they applicable today in, in new environments. And so it's an honor to have you for, for those that are a little newer to your work and, and, and are not uh, maybe there, there, there's a lot of new conservatives in this mm-hmm. movement as well that might not have been, have been following your work in the past, fill people in a little bit on your, on your background and kind of what brought you to the place. I think you've been on the, on the, on the bench, the court since, in the eighties. So you've, you've seen a lot of things come and go. uh, I'm a a graduate of Princeton university and the university of Notre Dame law school. I was a judge in New Jersey for eight years, uh, appointed by a moderate Republican, Tom Kane, confirmed by a Democrat dominated Senate in New Jersey. You're appointed and confirmed for seven years. If reappointed and reconfirmed at the end of seven, you have it for life. I left after eight years and thought I was going back into practicing law, but ended up working for CNBC for a guy named Roger Ailes, who at the time was the president of CNBC, and who liked the idea of a recently off-the-bench judge, second-guessing Judge Lance Ito. There's a name out of our past in the OJ case. I did that for a year, and then Roger uh, left CNBC, and he... and. Rupert Murdoch formed Fox News, and he brought a lot of the CNBC people over with him. So I was at Fox News for 24 years. I was, it was the center wow. of my professional life, wow. and I was the center of every legal issue we covered from the impeachment of Bill Clinton mm-hmm. to the first impeachment uh, of Donald Trump. They put me in front of a camera 14,500 times. Wow. Wow. For years. Uh, with new management, uh, I left uh, last uh, spring. Uh, well, while I was there, I published nine books on the Constitution, two were New York Times bestsellers. Uh, I was a professor at three law schools, mm-hmm. Seton Hall, uh, Delaware, and Brooklyn. Uh, I now uh, run my own uh, podcast, Judging Freedom, uh, out of my home, and I lecture to anybody that wants to hear me. I am a serious wow. libertarian I am a pre-Vatican II, old-fashioned, traditional, Latin mass-attending Roman Catholic. (laughs) Uh, I believe that the Constitution means what it says. I believe that our rights come from our humanity and are ultimately a gift from God, and that the Constitution was written not only to establish the government, but to keep it off our backs. Wow. Uh, (laughs) That's pretty incredible. This would be the world's greatest, like, three-hour dinner. Yes. Uh, <laughs> we'll, 
We'll do that sometime. I mean, you've, that would be you've an honor. Seen things come and go, but you've not just been on the outside looking in. You've been on the inside, you know, looking out of a mm-hmm. lot of administrations and uh, uh, a lot of trends you know, being, in our country. Being a bench, being on the bench is almost like uh, being in a public confessional booth. <laughs> it's unbelievable the things people will say to you. You know, in the middle of a murder trial, the defendant who's seated three feet from me will turn around and look at me and say. Okay, I did it. Let me tell you why. And I'm like, whoa. Wow. So, uh, it, it's um, it, it's quite a learning uh, experience. I went on the bench as a, a pro-law and order conservative Republican. Uh, shortly thereafter, I was a government-doubting, individual rights-respecting uh, libertarian. Within the limits of the law. You know, the law is the law. Judges have to follow it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you, you have areas where you have discretion that you can exercise. You hear the phrase Obama judge, Trump judge. I don't like those phrases, but there are areas where judges have discretion, but that's a very narrow area. 95% of what you do as a trial judge is following the laws that the legislature has written mm-hmm. as they've been interpreted by the Supreme court of the state or the Supreme court of the nation. Well, let's let's dig into that. I think that's huge because we hear that a lot. We hear, you know, Trump judge. We hear Obama, especially since Trump, where it became everything was, you know, if 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 Trump chewed big red gum, that would be a partisan issue. You know, you'd see somebody in the store and like, oh, Mm -hmm. you're a Trump guy or something. You know, every it didn't matter. It didn't matter what it was became this big dividing issue, even something as fundamental as our Constitution and the law and the way that it's interpreted it was through a lens of oh are you is it a, is it a pro trump ruling or is it a pro obama ruling versus is it a a ruling on truth and yeah. the constitution there was a predetermined set of guidelines before trump was even born exactly well i'll give you an example uh one of the uh, most strident rulings against trump and uh, against the idea that he really won the election and that there was much fraud came from a judge that he appointed, a federal appeals court judge in the Third Circuit, uh, which sits in Newark, Philadelphia, and Adela- uh, Wilmington and Pittsburgh, who basically said, I'm going to follow the law. And the law s- says, show me the evidence. And you guys have no evidence. Uh, and he threw the case out. So that's an example of a judge mm-hmm. doing what the facts before him and the law that governs those facts require, irrespective of who appointed him. Mm-hmm. Another uh, favorite case of mine has to do with a guy who was caught uh, with a, um, a gun, and a semi-automatic weapon in the trunk of his car, and he was a convicted felon. So a felon in possession of a weapon, it's automatically a violation of state law and federal law. The feds said, plead guilty, don't worry, the state won't touch you. He pleaded guilty under federal law. As soon as he pleaded guilty, the state grabbed him and tried him for the same crime. Mm. Case went to the Supreme Court of the United States, and the court ruled, in my opinion, wrongly, seven to two, that the second uh, conviction was appropriate, even though the Constitution prohibits a second conviction. Here's the point of the story. The two that dissented, Ruth Bader Ginsburg and Neil Gorsuch. So you have Ruth wow. Bader Ginsburg, the most left-wing member of the court, and Neil Gorsuch, the most libertarian and conservative member of the court, agreeing on the same issue. So I like to use that to blow away 
people who say, ah, she's a Trump judge or ah, he's an Obama judge. The area of discretion is very, very narrow. Nine, as I said, 95% of what you do is dictated by the facts in front of you and the laws that the Congress and the state legislatures have written as they've been interpreted by the upper courts. So let me ask you a question. You know, it's, it's, it's related to sports. You know, we live in Kansas City, Missouri, Chiefs fans. You know, you go to a game, you see a ref make a bad call. Now, the refs have mm-hmm. guidelines. They have rules they got to go by before. But there's a little discretion. Was he was their hands on him as he's going up for the pass? Was that really pass interference or was it not? They have some discretion, but it's a little bit different because there's no referee that was appointed by the owner of a specific team. You know, right. and so there's at there's, least that we know of. Yes, we don't. So that that part <laughs> of us kind of this the side, but it's comforting. It's sort of uh, uh, therapeutic for the fan to say we lost the game because it was a bad call. It was a bad ref. Those hometown refs or, you know, it's at every level of sports. You kind of see that a little bit when you see people on the left and the right breaking down uh, uh, cases. So as people see these things go on the left and the right, they they definitely tie it in towards, hey, hey, I didn't get the outcome I wanted because that person is corrupt. Mm-hmm. You know, are they bought? Did they know something on them? Is it a bad judge? Are they incompetent? Are they all these different things? And really, how much of it is, is it's just there's a way to interpret the same issue differently through different lenses? Well, look, sometimes justice is determined by the personality of the judges, but I said it's in a very, very uh, narrow area. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, it's one in 20. The other 19 times, justice is determined by the facts and the law that, uh, that govern uh, those facts. People sometimes like to make themselves feel good by saying, you know, as a Trump judge, what does she know? Mm-hmm. Uh, the real law is different. And then go to bed at night feeling uh, vindicated. Fortunately, that does not change the outcome. Uh, it just gives people something to uh, gripe about. But I agree <laughs> with you. We've seen a lot more of that uh, lately, probably because Barack Obama and Donald Trump are so different. Mm-hmm. And the yeah. type of judicial mind that they appointed, trial court, intermediate appellate court, and Supreme Court, are so radically different that it's easy for the losing side to blame the judge rather than say, we live to fight another day. Man, let me ask you a question. Uh, the court, uh, the appointed Trump judge, Mazel, you know, out of Florida with what happened with the mandates with transportation, uh, as far as masks are concerned, do you think that will stand or do you think the Biden administration can turn that around? I think it will stand, and I think the uh, for a couple of reasons. One, the uh, CDC has already been smacked down by the Supreme Court by a vote of six to three mm-hmm. for um, issuing rules in areas that Congress never authorized it to. That's when the CDC put a, a stop on all uh, residential evictions from tenants who lost their jobs because their businesses were closed because of COVID. Now, maybe that's a merciful thing to do, but that's for the landlord to be merciful. Mm -hmm. It's not for the government to get involved because the CDC's job is public health. It's not landlord-tenant relationship. That's how the Supreme Court ruled. So there's one strike against the CDC already. The other is very interesting. The Biden administration did appeal her decision, but it did not ask for a stay. What does that mean? Well, when a judge prevents the government from doing something it wants to do. And the and the judge writes down on a piece of paper the reasons for that ruling. The government always asks her to 
hold off on making the ruling effective, called mm. a stay, during the pendency of the appeal. The Biden administration didn't do that. So even though the case is mm. now in the appellate court, her ruling is the law of the land. You do not have to wear a mask in an yes. airport, on a train, or in a plane. <laughs> Thanks be to God. I wish she had given that ruling two years ago. Me she too. Never, she didn't have the case two years ago. The case was just filed in July. Right. Just, yeah, I think a lot of people were very excited about that, and it's good to hear what you just had to say. You've seen, you've seen a lot of administrations come and go, but we're in the middle of a very unique window observationally for the mm. people of america to watch and observe we're gonna play you a really quick clip it's the saddest clip i've ever seen in my entire life i want to get your 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 reaction to it I've sad. seen it. It's very, it's very sad. It, it really is. Sad situation. If it wasn't for uh, him being pushed into a position to to rule our country like a king with executive orders, mm-hmm. I would feel even more sad. But uh, you know, we added the the the, the musical track to it. You know, which kind of. But I want to emphasize this point of we have a president of the United States currently in a position that is is making a lot of of, of uh, decisions of international impact. And he's he's not currently forget about respected by the American people as a whole or really looked at as the true leader of things. He's not even respected at a party that he throws in his own house. You know, um, everybody's showing up at mm-hmm. something where you're uncomfortable and your friends aren't there and you don't know what to do with yourself. But I've never thrown a party at my own house where I was that guy. Um, mm-hmm. He's that guy as the most powerful man in the world throwing a party in his own house. There, it, it, it seems to us, and I want your opinion on this, and that the, the 25th Amendment comes up a lot. It came up, you know, briefly in the, in the past, but um, with other presidents. But do you see him being minimized by his own party in, in, in a way that, that opens the door for other possibilities with language, with positioning, body language, everything else? He's clearly not the alpha male, even in his own living room at a party that he's holding. All right, I'll, I'll give you a little personal background. Um, I think I told you I uh, was a professor at three law schools. When I was a professor at Delaware Law School, there was an adjunct member of the faculty who the faculty really thought was a dope and didn't belong on a law school faculty, but the students loved him because he had a very, very engaging personality, and they packed his classes. And he was the local Delaware congressman, and the law school was doing him a favor by supplementing his salary. It was Joe Biden. Wow. Hmm. Joe and I became very good friends. Uh, Fast forward 20 years when Fox would send me from D.C. down to Washington to go on Brett Baer's show. If I saw Joe, even with Secret Service, on the Acela, the high-speed train that goes from Boston to New York to D.C., he'd save a seat for me uh, in the secure area wonderful, uh, gregarious, uh, lovable guy, a moderate Democrat. 
That's not the same Joe that's in the White House. Mm-mm. You didn't describe this no. guy at all. In the White House is well past his prime and is continuously tugged to the left by the lefties in his party, without whom the Democrats would be a minority party. So that's just a little background and some personal. That's good to uh, hear. That is, yeah. If I were in a room with a thousand people right now and he saw me, he'd make a beeline to come across. I'm convinced of it. That's just the way he is. He's Joe drinking a beer at a bar. He's not Joe uh, black tie, alpha male, charming or or threatening uh, Vladimir Putin. So we're talking about two, you know, vastly different mm-hmm. Joes here. Now, as for the 25th Amendment, it can only be triggered by the vice president. Mm-hmm. So it requires the vice president and uh, a majority uh, of the members of the president's cabinet. And then it goes back and forth if the president uh, challenges it and it goes to Congress and, and all that. I don't think that's going to happen. What I think is going to happen is the leading Democrats will say, Joe, uh, we need somebody younger and stronger and who's not tied to your administration Right. Take on Trump or Chris Christie or whoever the Republicans nominate in 2024. If it's you, you're going to have to defend everything that went wrong. And let's face it, you have a 33 percent approval rating. If it's not you and not a Democrat in the Congress, that Democrat has free reign and he's not tainted by anything you do or failed to do. That's what I think the Democrats uh, will do. Now, part of that will be motivated by how well or how poorly uh, they do in the midterms uh, mm-hmm. this fall in uh, in 2022. Do they keep the House? Do they keep the Senate? If they lose, how much do they lose by? You know, is it a tidal wave or is it a, is it a narrow loss? Uh, a lot of uh, if it's a tidal wave, that conversation is mm-hmm. going to be held very soon. If it's a narrow loss, that conversation will be held as we uh, get closer mm-hmm. to 2024. But even though he's told former President Obama and others around him. He plans to run. Uh, I think that's just a political statement. I think he'll do what he thinks is best for the party and for the country. So you had mentioned you were talking about past his prime. You know, there is a clip I want to play for you real fast by Elon Musk. That's kind of interesting. And we'd like to get your take on this as well. I already have quite a serious issue with the gerontocracy. Uh, where the the leaders of so many countries are extremely old. Look, I mean, in the U.S., it's, you know, very, very ancient uh, leadership. And it's just impossible to stay in touch with the the people if you are, um, you know, at the, you know, if you're you're like many generations older than them. Um, And the founders in the U.S., they put minimum ages for uh, political office, but they did not put maximum ages because they did not expect that people will be living so long, but they should have. Um, cause you really want in order for a democracy to function well, the leaders must be reasonably in touch with the bulk of the population. And if you're too young or too old, it's, you can't say that you would be in touch. You know, we'll wrap it up with this. I know you're coming up against a hard stop, but they, uh, with no term limits, you end up with 
people in positions that are well past their prime with with clearly being run by handlers kind of behind the scene, you know, um, uh, and I'm, I'm more sensitive to this issue the older we get. You know, mm-hmm. we have grandkids now and we're kind of moving into this. But I do realize sometimes the gap between my understanding of something and 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 another generation, my disconnect to their music or everything else. So what what do you what do you see as that being an issue as people project in their 80s and 90s and 100 and further? Well, I, I- I think it's an issue with respect to Joe Biden uh, in large measure because of what we saw on that very sad clip, which is not doctored. The only thing that was changed is that music was added yeah. to it. And sometimes it was in color and sometimes it was in black and white. But that event actually happened and was on national television and mm-hmm. was broadcast. You know, Joe has a lot of young people around him. He's certainly competent and capable of listening to their advice. But, you know, the two most popular presidents in the post-World War II era, were both old, Ronald Reagan and Dwight mm-hmm. Eisenhower. Yep. How did they stay in touch with young people? Somehow they managed to. Uh, uh, listen, I love Elon Musk, and I'm ecstatic that he's taking over Twitter. And as I said, I want to work for him. I want to be his chief content officer so that everything gets posted uh, that, that's not illegal, that's not a crime to post. Uh, that Politics doesn't play an interest in that. But I think that a president can connect with other generations by whether he's very young or very old by having people from the other generations around him and communicating with him. Now there is the case of Senator Dianne Feinstein Mm -hmm. who may be incapable of communicating with anybody around her because of her advanced years and whatever happened to her when her husband suddenly and tragically died uh, a few months ago. I mean, she makes Joe Biden seem like Donald Trump by comparison. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a decision it, it is for the sad. Democrats, of the Democrats in the Senate and the Democrats in California and the governor of California who sent some hard lefty who's one third her age to replace her. Man, thank you so much for your time today. Again, you can follow the judge by going to judgenap.com. You can also do the same thing on Twitter or go to Judging Freedom on YouTube. All thank of those you. links will be down down below. And uh, it is an honor to have you on here. Um, we would love to have you back in the future. There's always something crazy going on that would need your commentary, as you've proven 14,000 times before on uh, Fox News alone. Just, just incredible body of work. Thank you. It's a pleasure. It's a good time of day for me, and I'm happy to work with you guys. God bless you. All the best. Thank you. Thank you, Judge. Where are your hard-earned dollars going? Are they going to fund the deep state, or are they going to fund the kingdom? And you know where you stand with a guy like Mike Liddell and MyPillow.com. And not only is he a great guy, and he supports great causes, he makes the best products in the world in his categories yeah 10-year warranties on their products my favorite product when you go to mypillow.com and you put the promo code flyover right at the top you get up to 66 percent off right now they're running a special on the slippers they are my very favorite i know i've talked about it many times but these slippers are absolutely amazing it is like she doesn't leave the house without them hardly for your feet in fact a lot of times i'll put them in my purse so if i'm wearing heels or something and my feet start hurting i'll put on my slippers they have this great bottom on them too Uh, that makes it really nice and that they're not going to get ruined when you do go outside. And you know what? Every time you spend a dollar, you're voting. You're voting in a big way. Let's support Mike Lindell. He's supporting you. He's supporting our country. Let's support him. For more great content, go to flyoverconservatives.com.